Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Guys, it has been far too long since we jumped on the pod, talked a little bit about football, but like we said, every two weeks, I know there were some people in the Discord. Guys, this isn't acceptable. Two weeks, we, we can't do it. But that's why we have the Discord. That's why we have the Patreon, so we can get in there, talk pretty much every day nonstop. Of course, tonight I'm joined by Dan Lamagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? Man, it's been a typical two weeks since we were last on the pod there. You know, week eight, I was feeling pretty good. Week nine, I'm recovering from the, you know, Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys. I, mean, I can't believe I'm even going to say Zay Jones disappointment there. I was trying to go with a little sleeper pick. But bring on the week, bring on week 10, the talk of the Rocks, peanut butter, coconut, banana pa- pancakes only on our Patreon. It's like an exclusive conversation that you could only have there along with Mitch's Utah bank. And uh, let's bring it week 10. Let's go, boys. Yeah, there were a lot of really interesting conversations, especially today. But I was busy. You know, I, I had things going on. So luckily, you two were able to <laughs> hold down the floor. We kept it in check. <laughs> but we're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's going on? Like, the NFL is so weird this year. Like, normally we have storylines that kind of come out of nowhere. But this year, we have, like, the Roger stuff. We have the Dalvin Cook domestic violence stuff going on. We have two Raiders have been two Raiders first round picks have been kicked off the team in the last two weeks since we recorded. Like this year is just up a notch from what I remember. Aaron Rodgers, all the COVID talk, and I, I feel like people are just kind of sick of it at this point. So we're not going to discuss any of that tonight. Well, kind of a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about the future of Green Bay potentially a little bit later in the show. But to kick us off. And my whole first opening segment, it's scrapped. I had Odell Beckham fallout. He signs with whoever. What does this mean for fantasy short term? What does it mean potentially for 2022 and beyond? Well, as of 9.03 Eastern time on Tuesday, November 9th, he has not signed anywhere yet. And we were joking before the show. Well, he's probably going to sign at 10.01 tonight as soon as we're off the air. And it's like, oh, yeah, that, you know, we'll have to jump back on and record. So, Mitch, you said to us, it doesn't matter where he signs. Your view is not going to change on Odell Beckham. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah. So, I don't think Odell is an elite wide receiver anymore. We haven't seen it for four years. And so, in my view, this is going to be the chance to get out. This is going to be the chance to trade him to someone else who's willing to get him because, oh, hey, he's away from Baker now, so now he'll run routes like he's supposed to or whatever. But honestly, if someone offered me Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, I would trade him in a heartbeat. And I'd even be willing to add a late-round pick to Odell to get that done. Trying to look here. Let me pull up my, my trusty tiers here that are available on the Dynasty Theory Patreon. Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. Just, just one coffee. Or for me, one tea. As you can tell, we're, what, five minutes in here. My voice is still a little scratchy. I can't kick it. I can't kick this cough. But hopefully uh, 
hopefully things will clear up here soon. So while I pull up my tears, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Uh, m- maybe not necessarily elite, but are you a little more optimistic than Mitch? Is there a potential landing spot where you look at it and you're like, okay, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel here for Odell, at least in 2021. I, I am not much more uh, optimistic than, than our boy Mitch over there, man. I mean, could it be a slightest upgrade? Like maybe he's like, you know, you might start him a week or two, maybe if he lands in the ideal parking spot there, but I, that's about it for me. I mean, in Cleveland, dare I say it was functional for a little while. And there was no dysfunction as our opening intro goes, but we're kind of getting some here. I have this as a Baker slash Odell issue. This isn't ex- exclusively an Odell issue because the only defense I will come to him is in what playing, you know, dynasty DFS and watching Cleveland. There were times he was wide open and Baker right. couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And then there were other times where Odell just didn't get his feet under him, dropped some footballs, was very inconsistent. To me, as as you're pulling up your rankings, I know you're about to dive into him, JB. I had him in a Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers tier at best. Uh, He's 29 years old and hasn't been relevant to me since 2019. I think injuries are catching up with him and the baggage does not help. Wait a minute. I'm looking at my tears here. Of course, I have all the birthday information. Today is Jacoby Myers' birthday. Happy birthday, You, you just mentioned Jacoby Myers. Maybe he gets a touchdown this week. <clears throat> Maybe that's the birthday present for everybody. This might be it. And I feel like you talk about birthdays. Who was it? Uh, oh, my goodness. During the offseason, there was somebody, and we were kind of getting on him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's his birthday. It's like, happy birthday. We strongly dislike you. It was Odell's birthday four <laughs> days ago. So happy birthday, well, Odell. Now you're 29. You might as well just, you know, disappear from the dynasty landscape. But you guys aren't wrong, at least in my mind. So, of course, you're right, because I That's have good. to be right. But I have him below Terrace Marshall. I have him below LaVisca Chenault even though what we've seen in Jacksonville hasn't been extremely, uh, you know, led to optimism there. But same tier as Jacoby Myers. The, the big thing here is, okay, he's going to Green Bay. He's going to New England. He's going to New Orleans. Those are the three spots. And Mitch, you said to me, and you said in the Discord, you said that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to deal with that. Well, We'll keep it PG crap. He's not going to deal with that crap and it's not going to work. And I said, as a counterpoint, because it's Aaron Rodgers, maybe Odell Beckham doesn't bring that to the team. Look at everything Antonio Brown went through. He has been a, a saint in terms of with the Buccaneers organization. Maybe we see something similar to that with Odell Beckham, not to compare what Antonio Brown has done off the field to what Odell Beckham, you know, completely different scenarios, but maybe he straightens out a little bit. Hey, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's not Baker Mayfield over there. Yeah. You know, seven minutes and 30 seconds of the show. I need you to go back and cut this. So when I'm sending out all of my Odell offers, I'd be like, look, listen to John at this point, because I really think that's the only sell job you could do on Odell is, oh, no way, he's going to be good for this quarterback. What if he goes to the Patriots? We've already seen that free agent wide receivers don't do well there. I mean, it takes a long time for him to get in the playbook. And, I mean, I know everyone loves Mac Jones, but Mac Jones also loves throwing 10 yards down the field and not any further. Yeah, I, Odell's I, a, a good football move versus a fantasy football move mm-hmm. if there's yes. not so much drama. I mean, if you put him under a Coach Belichick or with an Aaron Rodgers – he may help those teams this year and maybe good for a start or two, but 
Dynasty JB? I don't think so. Yeah, and I'm on board with you guys. We talked about the tiers where we have them valued today. Nothing really impacts that for me. But if I can twist it a certain way and fit a narrative, hey, this is why Odell Beckham's value is on the rise, why it's good for you, maybe I can ship him out in a package. And you talk about Odell Beckham to New England being a good football move, and that might be the case. But for Jacoby Myers, who was on the last year of his deal there in New England, we don't want Odell Beckham near that wide receiver core because Jacoby has been putting up at least lower end flex numbers to put in your lineup. We don't want to see that get knocked down to four or five, six points a game. We don't want him to see him end up like DJ Moore for crying out loud. I don't think it would, it would ping uh, Jacoby Myers. I think he's a matchup specific slot. I think Aguilar would be the one sitting on the bench there as he's kind of, I feel he hasn't. You, if, you're you know, putting, I think have, if you're putting Aguilar in your lineup today, I had one league I had to, uh, but by, by default and it, he had a goose egg last week, but like Kendrick Bourne's kind of the best receiver on the Patriots. If you look at the statistical mm-hmm. output from, you know, beginning to end this year, he needs a, a touchdown in a game to perform. But I think Odell would go in there and, you know, Patriots are kind of a good football team. They're, they're, they're competing with the Buffalo Bills for first place. So Coach Bills uh, got that team trended in a good direction. Again, just maybe not for fantasy football other than yeah, Damian the, Harris. The running game has been strong. Um my boy Brandon Bolden has even been excelling at times. Not not you know necessarily for fantasy purposes, but big plays down the stretch there uh, in in several games there for New England. But anyway, so that's our, our thought on Odell Beckham. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I plug the Discord constantly. I know I do. I know people that aren't in the Discord. Are like, all right, JB, we get it. Shove it. Like we don't we don't want to hear it anymore. But these are conversations that we seriously have twenty four seven. So as soon as news breaks, we're going to be in there talking about it and anything in terms of perceived value, potential production, and how we feel this really impacts the other parts there for whatever team he ends up on. Okay, next up, we are getting these questions constantly from folks. And whether you're contending or a rebuild, maybe there's a move to make for these players, but so many trade questions involving Derrick Henry or Michael Thomas Dan, what are you doing with it? You can go with one or the other or both if you want to hit on both of them. But depending on how your team is made up and the situation you're in and your your league, let's say your last place or, you know, whatever, first place, doesn't matter. How are you approaching the situation handling Derrick Henry and his value while he's probably out for the rest of the season? But, you know, we know his production whenever he does play. Yeah, if I can go to King Henry here, maybe leave uh, uh, Mitch Michael Thomas there. I'll give you a little time to think about it, Mitch, because uh, I have seven shares of King Henry. So I'm I'm living this uh, with, with a lot of teams where he's been, you know, on some maybe weaker rosters carrying me and on some very competitive rosters. You know, I was kind of basking in my glory. It feels like Dak getting hurt last year a little bit, lo- losing right. Derrick Henry, because the running back position is not a deep one. We've seen so many stud backs go down this year, and that was a big competitive advantage, and now it's gone. So I think with with my shares of Henry, I'm very reluctant to move him because it feels like everybody's like shopping on the clearance aisle for like a Kmart blue light special. And they, they just want him on the cheap with you know the exception of a, a few leagues or an occasional owner that is a, a little more open minded. So I'm going to share one trade I did make. Again, I had one league where I, I felt it was a fair trade and, and, and it was a good deal for both teams. I got some pieces for next year and something to kind of keep me hanging around this year. 
where most of my other leagues, I'm just hanging on to them because I'm going to take that that running back production next year. I'm not going to sell And get to the trade. I'm cheap. on the edge of my seat here. But get to it. There's a lot of scenarios, JB. But the trade I did make, I moved one, uh, one of my uh, King Henry shares and my boy Jalen Waddle, which which did sting a little bit. So you moved both of those players. What's your team situation? Where are you in the standings? Oh, man, I don't have it up here right now. I'm probably um, i mean you were telling him to get to the trade then he gets to the trade and then you yell at him for getting on the trade i just don't understand you know i think i'm like i'm a middle tier team in this league that could kind of go either way um so i'm definitely looking at next year and moved henry and waddle and i got a number a first round pick which is probably going to be top three so you know very high premium there I also got Zach Moss, which it depends which week you talk to me whether I like Zach Moss or not. I got my boy Tommy Tremble. It's tight end premium 2.0. I'm blaming on Sam Darnold, and, and it's his rookie season. He's going to come along next year. And then, of course, I got some fab thrown in the deal there. So I was happy to get what I believe is going to be. As of right now, I think he was the number one overall pick last week. I think he passed him and the bottom two teams are toggling. So most likely it's going to be one or two. I think it's a little light still personally is it a 12 team super flex it, it is 12 team I don't, see this is why i'm refusing to trade derrick henry i That's have it. him on a lot of teams i had him as a top six dynasty running back before the injury happened right where am i going to have to drop to in order to trade him if i want weekly starting points am i going to have to go down to Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery territory, because I'm just not going to do it, right? Exactly. Lower. Yeah. Lower. So I here, mean, so here's the other reason I did do it, Mitch, and I'll, I'll kick it back to you. My quarterback situation in that league is Dak Prescott, and my number two is Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. So I wanted that premium quarterback next year, knowing I'm going to get one or two because I, I just can't compete at the quarterback yeah. situation. So that was a lot of my rationale behind it. No, I get it. It's mm-hmm. my problem is I just. If you're moving Henry, I'm willing to believe that he is still the special back that's going to be able to last for a few more years. I don't see this as a, oh, these are just going to start catching up. It's his first real injury that he's ever really had. And so I'm willing on a contender right now, if I have to put someone else in the flex position over him, that's what I'm willing to do. It's not only that, but that's kind of exactly the way I framed it on my end. If I am contending one, hopefully I have other options on my team that are going to allow me to continue down that road of contention, or I'm looking to make a move elsewhere, whether it's, let's say I have Derrick Henry or what was that? Trade a pick, something like that. A pick, or if I have, you know, we mentioned a Terrace Marshall earlier. That's a player that I have a lot of shares of and not that I'm getting impatient, but if I am contending, maybe that's a player that I can dangle there to some of the teams at the end of the the bottom of the standings, but Derrick Henry, his value it's, it's plummeted for the reason of, and Dan, you hit the nail on the head. It was kind of similar to the way Dak carried teams last year. If you had Derrick Henry on your team, I would be shocked if you weren't a top four, maybe five team, Like, like you were teetering on the top of your league there. And that is the the value that he added to your your roster. So if you're missing those points, Mitch, you mentioned a David Montgomery. I, I you're not going to get David Montgomery straight up for Derrick Henry today. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that I think no, that's I, the, I completely agree. That's the market value. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you're not going to get Josh Jacobs. 
Now I think it gets interesting. Do you move Derrick Henry for Kareem Hunt plus? But he's on IR. So maybe you, as a contender, you don't even want to do yeah, that. Yeah, so there's no point in doing it until he comes back healthy. Daryl Henderson plus. That could be a possibility. Uh, and, and again, uh, th- there's a plus there. I, I would think that you could get that. Yeah. Damien Harris plus, Leonard Fournette plus, James Robinson plus. Uh, you're not going to be looking at Miles Sanders. Michael Carter, that's not going to really be a move. I think you're going to make ETN, obviously. Akers, throw them away for right now. Uh, James Conner plus plus. I, you know, I, I just think those are the the players that we're looking at that make sense if you're contending. But I'm with you, Mitch. If I have Derrick Henry on a contender, I'll shop him. Of course, I'm going to shop him. But I'm going to guess I'm going to hang on to him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I am with that situation. For, for clarity, too, that roster is three and six. So it's not a contender. It was three and three. Then I hit a three-game losing streak. And I just I can't fix the quarterback position in that league. Now, that's kind of specific because you're looking to fix the quarterback position and you're probably going to need to with Sam Donald as your number two, mm-hmm. who coincidentally we are going to get into here shortly, especially with the breaking news we saw earlier today with the, the fractured scapula. Scapula. Yep. Scapula. Yeah, it's a scapula. So let's say you weren't in need of a quarterback and you're a three and six team. I don't mind hanging on to Derrick Henry in that case. Mm. If, if I'm not contending and I have Derrick Henry, great. If I'm not contending and I don't have him, you better believe I'm looking at situations. Hey, you need a running back, Mitch. I, he just splashed James Conner. Now Chase Edmonds, high ankle sprain, possibly out four to six weeks. This is James Conner's backfield. No, I'm not going to give you James Conner for Derrick Henry straight up. That's that's crazy. That's not going to happen. But I'm going to give you a little something, something. And maybe we could get something done. Or Damien Harris or Fournette. Like the, the players that are producing today, Daryl Henderson, those are the names that, we constantly bring up that are adding probably more value to a roster than you're going to get via trade at this point in time. But if you're contending and push comes to shove, maybe that's the answer. And then for Michael Thomas, I, I I'm probably just hanging on to it because if I was contending without him, I'm still contending. And if I, I'm not contending, his value is in the crapper right now. So I think I'm not that's fine. Him. Like, just hang I, on to him. I know you and I disagree on this. I don't care what his value is when it's coming back because I don't think he's going to be a good wide receiver again. So honestly, yeah. I said this in the Discord, and I'm dead serious. If I have Michael Thomas in a league, you have Hunter Renfro, I will trade you straight across the second you send it. I will not ask for a pick, and I'll hit accept. And well, I'm after, not a Hunter after Renfro we, fan at all. After we sign off the show tonight, I got to check my rosters and see where you have Michael Thomas. I have, I have a few of them everywhere. Like, I just don't have any faith in him. I know he'll come back maybe and then have like a decent week, but yeah, I'm not waiting on it. But, but counterpoint, we, we don't need to see him on the field. We just need that off season to hit because his value will elevate because now teams that are contending that had no interest in Michael Thomas. Now your market opens up even more. So that's where I have a market last off season. I know, I know, I know. No, not, no, I mean, to an extent, yeah. But again, I'm not I'm not moving him for Hunter Renfro. And I love Renfro. <laughs> I know, yeah. and I hate him. Not an athlete. Thomas, an athlete. Was, Thomas was an, is an elite wide receiver. I, I really believe he was irresponsible and waited, put off that surgery too long. Yeah, there, there's no doubt he's not, uh, you know, thinking straight here. I don't, I don't know what's going on with MT. But to JB's point, wait a little bit for that value and you're going to get more from 
come next season. I'm hoping I'm look- someone does want him in the one league. I have to have him in, Mitch. If, if you are a team that's looking for to roll the dice and fix your wide receiver position, he's a good gamble. And then most of the times, if you are looking to move Michael Thomas, I think the move, instead of moving him for a Hunter Renfro, jeez, I got to cut that part out. We can't put that <laughs> Mitch, on the Mitch team. is mad. Mitch is we, just salty. I was going through he's, my he's tears. So I'm like, so no bitter. one's going to accept Shark. I don't think anyone's going to accept Mooney. I don't think anyone's going to accept Cole Beasley. Yeah, Hunter Renfro right there. There we are. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean they're not going to accept Cole Beasley? If you're... Yeah, I'll take MT over Beasley. Uh, maybe Beasley was pushing it. Everyone else I mentioned fit the bill. Man, I'm going to be getting DMs after this. What is Mitch talking about? Have him send me the offer. I'm in a lot of leagues with sadly a lot of Michael Thomas shares. So I'm looking at I'm looking at my tiers, the correct tiers, the right tiers, and I'm looking below Michael Thomas. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Myers, Crowder, Galladay. Davis, I know I ran through that quickly, and Mitch, you don't have that in front of you. Who are you accepting yes. if you have Michael Thomas? Who? Yes. Oh, any of them? No, not Robbie Anderson, because I don't think he's a real wide receiver anymore. I, I, like, I don't yeah. know what happened there. Something happened. But, yeah, pretty much I would accept all of them for him. All right, so Mitch is of the belief that, boom, get Michael Thomas off your roster. Dan and I, the rational thinkers here on the Dynasty Theory Fantasy Football Podcast, believe that you should hang on to him or look to package up, which is probably the best option in my mind. Um, it's bad when JB and I are the rational ones on the show. That's 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 concerning. Dan, I don't. you and I have been in agreement here. That, see, good you things You two never happen- agree, so I'm obviously doing something wrong. Well, as we are going every two weeks now, and they say familiarity breeds contempt. That makes sense that Dan and I are getting along. I don't, Mitch, I, maybe you and I just talk too much every day that like we that. just still yeah. hate each other. So, <laughs> all right. So if anybody out there has any questions about Derek Henry, Michael Thomas, what to do with them, if you're rebuilding, contending, they're on your roster, they're not on your roster. There's always all those different buckets that we got to look at. Reach out to us, hit us up, jump in the discord, whatever. And let's talk through it. We've gone through so Mostly many scenarios. DM John about them. That's fine. Yeah. My DMs are open for better or worse. You know, I, I would say 99.9% of messages I get are neutral to positive. Very okay. few negative, which is My surprising, bad. which is surprising. So now the meat of the show, there are a few teams that have been very disappointing lately, very frustrating. And Dan, Dan kind of stumbled through my words there. You talked about this last week. Dallas was frustrating. Buffalo was frustrating, but it wasn't a trend. It's just one week. So I don't want to touch on those teams, but there's a few teams that have been, this has been building up and we're reaching our boiling point. We're looking at that pot of water and when's it going to boil? And I think it's reached the boiling point on these two teams. And one of them, we talked about Sam Darnold already. Well, it's the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold, pretty much no value, right? I mean, minimal. And now the incomplete fractured scapula, of course, Sam Darnold would have an incomplete fracture. Like it's not going to be completed. Um, And I know that I'm not the first person to make that terrible joke. I won't be the last, but how are we looking at this team? (coughs) Holy cow. Time out. Pause. JB's getting all choked up over there over Sam Darnold. JB, I know I'm taking it tough to Sam Darnold news, but 
Yeah, no, easy, buddy. Easy. That that's the first one. I've been able to mute myself every time I've had to let a cough out. That's the first one that slipped through, I think. I JB's think. JB's still on the men from two weeks ago in his Michael Jordan performance. He gave so much energy in that last show that he's still not hundred percent, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not kidding. And and since quarantine has started and the pandemic hit in what March or whenever of 2020, uh, and I've been working at home, I, I log on every day, even if I'm feeling like garbage, whatever that we record Wednesday that week, right? Mm-hmm. That Thursday was the first time I logged on in the morning and I was like, I, I can't do it. I laid in bed. I felt like absolute garbage. And like, I, I never do that. So we had it, a Patreon watch party that night and yeah. I'm on there like, well, guess John's not coming. And, and I was even yeah, talking to my wife and she's like, Oh, why aren't you jumping on? I was like, you know I'm not feeling well if I'm not jumping on. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're recuperating here. We're getting through it. So I had to, you know, that little cough came out. But people are probably like, JP, we get it. You're not feeling well. Stop talking about it. We don't get Listen, I need to let people know when I'm not feeling yes, well. Yes, you do. I, I need to let everybody know. But the, the Carolina Panthers offense is making all of us sick, to be honest with you. So Sam Darnold injured. What, what are you doing here, uh, Mitch? Go wherever you want with this Carolina team because they're going in one direction, but you can go in another if you'd like. My biggest worry, and I don't think it's that much of a hot take, is Matt Rule. Maybe he goes back to college before Urban Meyer leaves the Jaguars. I think it's a possibility, sadly. Um, So right now, all the moves they've made, they've traded for Gilmore. Um, They made another trade that I can't think of right now, but they're like making trades saying like, hey, we're competitors. Sorry, Sam Darnold is not going to let you be a competitor. And PJ Walker definitely is not going to make you be a competitor. And so my whole worry with this team is it's kind of going to go back to last year. Yeah, we'll like DJ Moore. DJ Moore will put up points, you know, on a weekly basis. We'll like Christian McCaffrey. But we'll have no faith in what this offense is going to look like next year. And that's my worry is... I think Joe Brady was going to be a very hot coaching candidate through three weeks this season. Now, I don't think he's going to even get interviewed for head coaching jobs. They got off to such a hot start. And again, I always mention it. We don't share our personal notes. We have the the overall show sheet. But Mitch, I, I think you kind of hacked my notes there because a lot of the things there that you hit on, they're things I wanted to talk about. And I know Dan has that red flag ready, so I'll kick it over to you in a second. But I don't think there's a concern that Joe Brady is not going to be the Carolina Panthers OC next year. And actually, it might go the other way. Maybe Matt Rule leaves and they bring a new head coach and they're like, I'm going to go another direction. And now Joe Brady's not even the offensive coordinator. That that first three weeks was just tremendous. But a few fun facts before I kick it over to the red flag champion in in Dan LaMagna. Uh, It is November 9th. DJ Moore has not scored touchdown since October 3rd. October 3rd. And is it his fault? No. You have you have Sam Darnold, who Mitch proclaimed as a potential top 10 dynasty quarterback, and he looked great. You were taking those laps. You Mistakes were still were out made, of breath. Man. <laughs> but, well... <coughs> John getting choked up again. This Carolina thing is really taking its toll on John. I, there must be dust down here. It's really getting me, but... Uh, Dan, you threw the flag. I'm going to kick it over to you. So I stop hacking up a lung over here. You got it. Have a drink of water, JB. So I think Mitch is hitting the panic button here on the Carolina Panthers organization. Yes. For this year, 
panic. All right. It, it, you know, this year's shot, because I'm, I'm with Mitch. I had high hopes on, on Sammy Darnold. The Carolina Panthers had high hopes on Sammy Darnold. This is an organization that was, again, one of them that had so much upside going into the season, and I believe that. And for that reason, I am not panicking. I don't think Coach Rule is going to go anywhere. I think Joe Brady will be a hot coordinator again in a couple of years. It's just it's just delaying the process. One of the things I, I firmly believe in, I, I listen to Mike Lombardi say this often on the GM Shuffle, quarterbacks are the hardest position to evaluate and the hardest ones to manage. I think they saw a guy with tools. They saw how bad Adam Gase was over there in the Jets, and they says, hey, I think we could – you know, reclaim this guy's career and do something with him. You know, he has some moments on film. We've seen some nice moments, but they got it wrong. He is absolutely terrible. All right. But those three weeks, I think was a, a credit early in the year, combination of a soft schedule and some good coaching. They went in a good game plan. They had Christian McCaffrey. This is a totally different offense with, with and without Christian McCaffrey because he takes a lot of pressure off you and keeps you in the game. You see Robbie Anderson blowing up at Sam Darnold on the sidelines there because he is absolutely terrible, Sam Darnold. Like some of those throws he's making don't even like make sense in my mind why he would he would even attempt to throw them and has nothing to do with the injury. So for me, you know, I'm gonna be rooting for PJ Walker, the XFL DFS champion over there. Okay, he won me a few bucks at, at one point. I think he could at least run and be just just protect the football a little bit better than Sammy Darnold. And if Christian McCaffrey could stay healthy, I think, you know, DJ Moore will be okay this year. Um, you know, again, he, he's not the answer by any means. It, I think they're still going to have their struggles, but it is not getting worse than Sam Darnold. I think what's going to happen where I throw the challenge flag is Matt Rule and this ownership team is smart. They're going to be off Sammy Darnold. They're going to go into the free agent market. They're going to make some kind of move, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's some other free agent out there, and they're going to bring in a new quarterback next year, and it's going to be a better football team. So they just eat the fifth-year option then? Is that – I think they, they, they already they already exercised it. Like I don't, I don't see how on earth you could just keep going with Sam Darnold. So I think they're going to bite a financial bullet in some way. Yeah, I think they could end up trading that contract, so – they won't really eat at some other team with a bigger salary cap will. And I do think they'll get, bring someone else in, but Watson is going to be brought up with every single team that has a quarterback issue. He's only going to one team and we don't even know if he's going to play next year. So, you know, maybe Mitch Tubisky goes there or something like that. Marcus Mariota. There's going to be someone they could get and pay a few million for someone on a prove it now deal. Sam Darnold 2.0. Cam Newton. I don't care who it is that they're going to be better than Sam Darnold. Yeah, it's just been a complete 180 from what we saw. There was so much hope in the first few weeks. It was a fun ride. It was a fun story. There was rushing production like Sammy Darnold, Lamar Jackson. You couldn't tell the difference out there. The same player pretty much. But over the last three games combined, combined for Sam Darnold, 413 passing yards, no passing touchdowns, four interceptions, 75 rushing yards. If you're in a plus six minus four scoring for touchdowns and interceptions combined 8.02 points over a three week stretch. So he is averaging just under three points per game. Uh, somebody that you want nowhere near your lineup. And luckily, I mean, not, not, not to say lucky for an injury, but luckily for us, we don't have to think about putting him in our lineups at this point. Uh, do you, can you get a second form today? I don't even know if you could. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think you could. And so at what point, like, what can you add to him to get up to another tier? Uh, 
does he? I don't think he has any value. Yeah, I don't think he adds anything. I think let's say you want to get up to say Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. It, it's going to cost you whatever Matt Ryan costs in the first place. So if Matt Ryan's a first, you have to pay a late first for him. Maybe you add Darnold in just so the person accepts it. Like Darnold is your drop piece. So in yeah. order to make the trade even, you throw Darnold on there. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, it's just been a crazy drop off. We, from we being missed, productive. We missed the week three sell window, as we've talked about in our Patreon. And I think any quarterback that may have a starting job next year is where you trade up to with Sam Darnold. If, if for some reason mm-hmm. someone wants to take a flyer on him, but I don't see any way, any road to him having a job next year. Can you get Ben for him at this point? No. Who? Who? A Never few weeks know. ago, I said... Ben has some value here moving forward over the last two weeks. He's quarterback 13. Mm-hmm. He's still terrible. He I watched that, I watched I that game care. last night. <laughs> I don't care how terrible he is. He's he better is than Sam Darnold. He's outscoring Patrick Mahomes over the last couple weeks. Does that Speaking Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, one more fun tidbit here on the receiving core there in Carolina. 97 wide receivers up to this point in the season have 20 targets. Okay. 97. In terms of yards per route run, Robbie Anderson is 96th. Terrace Marshall is 94th. DJ Moore somehow, and I think it has to be because of what he did early in the season, he's still at like uh, just over two yards per route run, which that threshold is, mm-hmm. it's elite. You know, and the fact that he's doing it with Sam Darnold. Now for PJ Walker, I think the thing for me, are you putting waiver claims in if he's out there? I I'll throw a few yeah. dollars. Yeah. Yep. He's no, you know, Benjamin, but I'll throw a few bucks for, uh, for PJ Walker. The the interesting thing I saw with him and the way that I, I think you can try to figure out how this offense could look the way he attacks downfield versus Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater last year. Teddy was at 7.1 air yards per attempt. Sam Darnold at 7.5 this year. So both of them keeping it short. P.J. Walker in 2020, and these are limited sample sizes, but 10.4 intended air yards per pass attempt, and in like 15 pass attempts this year, Mm 11.5. So still looking to go a little bit further down the field. So maybe that's something that benefits Robbie Anderson. I don't know if it's going to help your boy Tommy Tremble at all. I think we might have to wait a little bit more. The trembling can wait. The trembling can wait. Man, Dan LaMagna, I, I need to pull the clip. Tommy Tremble is going to be better than Pat Fryer. <laughs> yeah, that one backfired. What did Mitch say a few minutes ago? There's been some mistakes made. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I, I'm still I, didn't realize I was with Tremble. the hot takey McTakersons over here. Jeez, oh, hey, man. Easy there, Drew Lock. Hot takes, man. Breaking news here. Mitch is even backing up his, his, his talk here. A, tra- a, li- a trade live on Dynasty Theory tonight between Mitch and Dan. He traded Mike Thomas to Dan for Will Fuller in a second-round pick. Actually happened in another league there. Bam! Smash that. That's that's an ego trade there for Mitch, I think. But uh, so I'm interested to see how it it plays out with the receiving core. Christian McCaffrey. If we look down the field a little bit more, does that limit him in terms of his his usage, his ceiling? Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's still I can't Christian believe Mc- you just said <clears throat> that I would make an ego trade. Like I would never do anything like that ever. Speaking of ego, let's get to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who refuses to look <laughs> well done. for the check down at all. Mitch, 
is there concern here? You have a, a thought here as to why we are seeing the struggles with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And uh, from one man with an ego to another, maybe you have the answer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So this happens with a lot of good young quarterbacks. Did the defenses catch up with them? Um, it didn't happen with the quarterback with the Rams. But Belichick was able to figure out McVay. I mean, he ran a cover three in the Super Bowl and McVay couldn't figure out what to do. And it took him years to figure out what to do. And so with Patrick Mahomes now, what they're facing the most two high safeties in the league. I mean, it's not like by a small margin. Everybody does that. And the reason why defenses do that is it causes you to either run the ball or it makes you just take really small steps down the field and what the defense wants you to do. It's what Brendan Staley did for the Rams last year. It's what Vic Fangio does has done forever. They want you to make a mistake at some point. They know at some point the quarterback's going to get greedy and something's going to happen. Mahomes, we all know is immensely talented, but he just hasn't learned yet that he has to just take what's there and he's refusing to do it. And right now, Andy Reid is also refusing to run the ball. So until either Clyde Edwards or Larry comes back and they give him a really good running game or Patrick Mahomes learns, or maybe they need a second wide receiver. Maybe what they have there just isn't allowing it to happen, but that's, what's causing this offense to not be good. I mean, they're just not a good offense right now. So in my view, Mahomes is still my quarterback. One Tyreek kill is like my wide receiver two. Um, Kelsey is my tight end one still, but, or sorry, my tight end two after Pitts. Yeah, my bad. I always forget about Pitts in Atlanta, but I'm not dropping him down from there, but there are severe issues with this offense that I don't think are going to be fixed this year. It's, it's so frustrating to watch. And I'm, we have people in our discord on Twitter in our leagues that are Clyde Edwards, Alaire fanatics. And, and, you know, I get it. And we're not we're not those people, but even I have to look at them. And of course, Edwards Lair has been out the last few weeks, but he's we've talked about this. He'll be wide open, and Mahomes is looking for the home run ball, the deep shot. We saw Travis Kelsey actually get a little frustrated this last week. Uh, they they showed him after he ran one of his routes wide open, going across the middle of the field, and Mahomes is looking deep down the sideline instead. And I think like, how is it? that scrubs like us can look at this and see it. Maybe not Dan, but Mitch and I, we're scrubs here. You know, you know the real the coaches coach. on this podcast. But you have you have these guys in Kansas City. How, how can they not identify this? The problem is hitting you right in the face. What is going on? You know, I, I don't know. It's crazy to me. But like you said, Mitch, from a dynasty perspective, a value perspective, Patrick Mahomes still has that high-end ceiling. We know that. It's been a very rough three-game stretch. But the one thing at the quarterback position at the high-end level, especially, we want that stability. And Patrick Mahomes has the 38-year-old contract or 38-year contract or whatever it is, 75 years, who knows. Uh, But I I think I'm okay having him with Herbert, Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Josh Allen. But to say... Any of them are significantly over him at this point, which some people are willing to say, I'm not there yet. And I think there is an opportunity to acquire Mahomes at a slight discount, possibly. But for the most part, I think if you have Mahomes on your roster, 
you're not offering that discount. So it's kind of like a, eh, sure, it's a great idea. It's a great thought, but it might not be possible. Dan, what are you seeing here with this team? Cause again, with the coaching background, like, do you, are you, you just like ripping your hair out over there? Coaching takes very frustrating. And even watching the last game where, you know, fool's gold, I keep going back to the well in DFS as I see Kansas City at home in a bounce back spot with a Vegas over under total of 54 and a half. And, and, and Patty Mahomes and that Kansas City offense just keeps disappointing me. But Troy Aikman's talking in the game there about, you know, just finding balance and Andy Reid just saying, ah, you know, we're, we're going to just keep being us and, and that just being us is, is not working anymore is you have to find that balance. And I think even when Clyde Edwards, the comes back, it may be a little better because he's a little more dynamic than Darrell Williams, but they're still not balancing that offense by any means. Mitch, you know, hit on the receiver position, you know, after Tyree kill and Kelsey, it's just not there. And even Kelsey's struggling a little bit for Travis Kelsey, you know, they're just not catching a break. Uh, you know, fantasy wise, there were a time where it was tier. I think we're all in agreement. He's still our top guy. But at one point, it was Mahomes in a tier by himself. And then there those other gap. guys, you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe Deshaun Watson was teetering on it. Now he's clustered in with those guys. You, you're looking at him with Lamar and Kyler and Josh Allen, you know, no specific order there. And so maybe there is a little bit of a buyer's discount because. He, he wasn't even in that tier uh, exclusively in the past. But I think if you ask the Eagles fans, they're probably saying this is the old Andy Reid. You know, it got a little old after time, mm -hmm. after some some teams made some adjustments. So, and I, I like Andy Reid, but they've got, to, they've got to figure something out. And I don't think it's going to be this year. Now, here's my thing. So we're talking about this team. We're talking about it from a dynasty perspective. I'm very hesitant at this point to go out and acquire Tyreek Hill or, or Travis Kelsey for the, the only reason let's say these struggles continue throughout the off season. Their value is very fragile because of their age. So let's be honest. So when we get to the off season, Isn't Travis Kelsey only 27 Tyreek's good. Kelsey. Yes. Tyreek. Tyreek's still got some real good years though. He's 27. Well, no, 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 no. He's 27 now, but how does the dynasty landscape look he's gonna be 28 during next offseason take him out get him well, out of it's here. true as soon as a rookie wide receiver has any good game they're the wide receiver one so so that that's why I, I still have time to in, in that second tier only behind jamar chase but the perceived value the perception it's going to be out there with those two now patrick mahomes i still think he has that insulated value he's still like i i i, I think people are overthinking it i know there was a stretch in 2019 that Patrick Mahomes had a, a rough three games, mm -hmm. not nearly as this bad, but hopefully things open up a little bit there for them. I, I, I think he's too good, and Andy Reid's too good, and this team is too good to continue down this path. And you know, even though I'm saying Ben Roethlisberger is far and away better than Patrick Mahomes at this point in their career, you know, chuckle, chuckle. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's still top tier now. I'm mad at myself. I had the perfect segue, so we jumped into this. I want to go back really quick, and I hate whenever I do this, and it happens often, but DJ Moore Dynasty, are, are either of you doing anything like in terms of acquiring him? Uh, I, I think if a contender has him, there's a perfect opportunity to acquire him at a nice price, and I think that's something that I might be interested in pursuing. That's what I like about the Dynasty Theory show. Maybe going into this, I wasn't thinking about that, but I love DJ Moore. I love everything I've seen on film this year. I just don't like the quarterback situation. But knowing it's as bad as it is now, 
this would be the time to get a DJ Moore. And I'm also offering Sammy Darnold for Big Ben here right now on the show. So let's see, I'll see if I have any luck. I'll report back next episode or on the or on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah let me know how that one goes. What about you, Mitch? And again, I said it because like I think it's going to be a lot easier to get him in a nice price if a contender has him because they want those points. Yeah. And we all we all have that mindset. No, I completely agree. It's like as far as, as I'm like, no, Odell and MT, get them off my team. Uh, DJ Moore is someone to where I would rather go and get now, especially after rebuilding. You're telling me that I could go get a wide receiver that I love that maybe isn't too good points-wise this year that helps my potential points out a little bit, and maybe I can move Terry McLaurin for him. If I could do that, then I'm really happy. I think you could get DJ Moore plus for Terry McLaurin. Yeah. You know, if especially team, if that if team is a contender building, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. If, if the team is rebuilding there at the bottom of the standings, you know, I might inquire, but it's something that I'm probably not going to be overly optimistic about, but Mike Evans for DJ more plus with it. Yeah. Again, all these are framed as, Hey, the team is six and three, seven and two. They have DJ more. They need wide receiver production. Uh, Keenan Allen. I, I think that's a move that you could potentially make looking at this. Do you think people would take Michael Pittman straight up for DJ Moore? I do. Oh, Pitt, yeah, people take Pittman. People love Pittman now. Pittman's I'm having a, a really hard time trying to get him off any team. Do you think you can move Hollywood Brown? Robert Woods? I, I think, think you could actually see a lot of Brown. People want this year, you know, against next year for DJ Moore. I actually really like that one. Trade Robert Woods if you have him. Well, you threw his name out there. Just trade Robert Woods. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah, you, you you probably moved him after his, his struggles at the beginning of the season. Then he pops off as a top 12 receiver again here because he's the GOAT, Robert Woods. Uh, Tyler Lockett plus? I would add anything to Tyler Lockett to get a better wide receiver. So, yes. I, I, I know you mentioned <laughs> that. Was, that was a layup. These are opportunities if you're not contending, or even if you are, and you just, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to acquire DJ Moore. Because And I bring DJ Moore up again because I was thinking about it as we were rattling through Kansas City. But I woke up to an offer. Mitch, you were still sleeping two hours behind me. And it was Jared Goff and DJ Moore for Kirk Cousins in a 12-team Super Flex League. And of course, I, I didn't want to make a move like that without consulting you. And the gentleman made another move, you know, at the same time. And, you know, the offer was off the table. But I was still even hesitant about that. But I think, like, value-wise, yeah, it should have been a smash. Yeah, it should have been a smash. You know, DJ Moore for Kirk Cousins prior to this season, people would have laughed at you if you offered Kirk Cousins for mm-hmm. DJ Moore. Yep. And now people were adding to DJ Moore to get Kirk Cousins as a contender. So that is the opportunity that is out there to look to acquire DJ Moore if the team that has him is contending. All right, Kansas City. Uh, I, I threw out my take on Kelsey and Tyreek, what I'm looking to do, uh, or, you know, not necessarily add additional shares as the season progresses. Mitch, you might disagree, maybe? Kelsey, there's just other tight ends I'd rather go and get right now. Like, pretty much any of the top five I would just rather go out and trade for. If Kelsey's on my roster, I'm not, like, looking to move him. Like, oh, no, the sky is falling sort of thing. But Tyreek Hill, I'll pick him up on any roster if I'm competing, if I'm rebuilding. I still really like him. To me, you know, Jamar Chase just has everything you want as the dynasty wide receiver one. Like, it's going to be really hard to beat that profile. But Tyreek is right there for me as far as 
someone who's in the league, still young enough, tied to an elite quarterback in an offense that, you know, should be good moving forward. Um, so, yeah, I'm still willing to buy Tyreek. And if I'm getting him at any sort of discount, I'm all over it. And again, I don't want people to misconstrue. Hey, JB said Tyreek Hill, he's garbage. You know, he's going to be 28 years old in March. He doesn't want him. I'm just saying the perception once we hit the offseason, if this offense continues to struggle. Now, if they get things right in startups, he's still going to have that really early draft capital. Dan, I want to ask you about Clyde Edwards-Alaire because I actually DM Mitch earlier and I said, call me crazy, but maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if this offense gets right, the fact that he's injured right now, he is going to be a player that presents a nice discount. But you are of the belief, it sounds like, that maybe they don't look to get a little bit more balance on that offense. And really, why should we believe that? Because we haven't seen it up at this point. Yeah, I mean, early in the season, before this season, this is such a pass-happy, high-volume pass team. This is just not a running back-friendly offense, and I have no reason to believe that. Now, again, running back positions thin. If you could get a discount, and it's got to truly be a discount, John. Like, you know, I don't know what you have in mind there. I mean, would I be opposed to getting a share of him if I could get it at a fair price just to give me some running back depth? I'll take him. You you have Derrick Henry. Would you offer him for CEH straight up? No, because I don't want to get stuck next year with CEH in the same exact pass-happy Kansas City offense where, you know, you just get an occasional okay week from Allaire. Uh Mitch, Daryl Henderson in a late second in 2022 for CEH. I'd rather have CEH just because I'm not really on the Henderson train at all. If I'm competing Where's... for next year, I'd rather CEH. If it's for this year, let yeah. me stay with Henderson. Okay, so that sounds like it might be something that could be beneficial for both parties involved. A Daryl Henderson. And I, I, again, I know, man, these guys, when we talk about Daryl Henderson. Well, CEH has fallen so much. You <clears throat> offer me, let's say I have CEH. My team's six and three right now, and I lost Derrick Henry. If I have Fournette on there, you offer me CEH for Fournette. I don't know if I make that trade. That's like how little I I trust. I know, right? But it's awful. The right deal to make is to trade Fournette and get CEH, right? But I have so little faith in anyone ever valuing CEH again or me even wanting to start him that much that I'm like, I could start Fournette every week at least. (laughs) And it's so frustrating because as fantasy managers, we always look at it and we're like, oh, if this team would just do what they're doing now whenever my guy was in the lineup. Right. Like, they look at Daryl Williams. They look at him in the five-yard line. They look at him in the passing like four game touches time in a row. The five-yard I, line. I know. It's like, why can't my guy get that? Or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of different scenarios, and I'm blanking right now, but it happens so many times, and it's like, just what's going on? What? Come on. Uh, I think Michael Carter is an interesting name. CEH and Michael Carter. I'll take Michael Carter. Isn't that uh, so sad? <laughs> see, I would so take CEH. So, okay, so this is what this is. I, I saw Adam Schefter tweeted something, so I was trying to see if it was about Odell Beckham. It's not. Uh, but I think that's that's an interesting dynamic and uh, the 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 balance there. You guys are saying one thing, and I'm saying, no, nah, nah, I would rather CEH. So this is the time to certainly explore those options. Now, if you don't like CEH, ride with Mitch and Dan all day and say, JB, Go to hell. You know, we don't want to hear this. Uh, but I, I, I think CEH, 
even Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, DJ Moore, those teams in frustrating positions. It definitely presents an opportunity here, especially after week nine, when teams are really trying to hunker down and either go rebuild or push for a title. So I, I think those are some fun conversations there. Last thing we want to talk about tonight, we're not going to talk about the COVID aspect or the vaccine aspect or Joe Rogan or uh, <laughs> Pat McAfee. Videos. But we got a glimpse of Green Bay's future potentially against Kansas City. Man, these are the way these are tying out, this is a great transition. So we talk about Kansas City. They play the Green Bay Packers. You have an Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay Packers. Mitch, it, it, from what we've seen, limited sample size. Does Jordan love the future in Green Bay? You know what? I actually want Dan to answer this first, only because I think Jordan Love looked fine for what we expected, but maybe I didn't have you know the coaching eye on him like Dan would. Yeah, we got a nice close primetime look of Jordan Love, which was nice. Uh, you know, Green Bay seems to have a, quite a bit of dysfunction in them these days, and now I'm tired of the Aaron Rodgers saga. So I was I was rooting for Jordan Love. I was like, come on, Jordan Love. And, and Mitch had a little behind-the-scenes conversation with me as we were looking DFS, and kudos, Mitch, you are on Colt McCoy there. And I'm like, I don't know, I was enamored with this Kansas City-Green Bay mm-hmm. game, and it, it just Wait, didn't, time ha- out. Wait. didn't happen. You two have conversations that I'm not involved in? DFS only, John. Yeah, yeah. I still want to. I still want to take part in it. We have a group <laughs> chat. Why can't you include me in this? Noted, noted. But uh, but I watched. But you the know game when you and... now you know when you mentioned in the group chat, I'm gonna say I don't care about this. Leave me out of it. Oh yeah. But it, I just didn't see that something special I was looking for, Mitch. You know those kind of moments where it's like, okay, we got kind of get caught up in that Green Bay story of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and here's the next quarterback that's waiting behind. And then he gets that chance, and you, you know you're seeing his quotes where he's going to capture the moment, and then you know, you know he has all this confidence, and he looked okay. I'm not feeling him for the for the quarterback yeah. of Green Bay for the next ten plus years. I'm I'm just not seeing it, at least at this point in his career. And you know, Patty Mahomes was nice at the end as he got lucky with the win and says, "Hey, I had to sit behind Alex Smith, and he gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers." But there's not even not even close. Yeah, and again, looking at the Carolina situation and PJ Walker, if Jordan Love were to take over, let's say whatever happens here in 2021, what we saw there in that one game, 41% target share for Adams in week nine. That's pretty, pretty nice target share. Um, the big downfall across the, the position groups was running back 12% combined target share. Jordan love certainly didn't look to utilize them previous week. Combined target share for those two running backs, 30%, 20%, 17, 23 so we're sitting there down at 12%. More so, I think that, like, Devontae Adams, if Aaron Rodgers is not there in 2022, Devontae Adams is gone. Yeah, he's a free agent anyways. Yeah, yeah. He, he's gone. So we're looking at A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, and I think their value is critical here. And, Mitch, you talked about this really early in the season, late in the offseason. Aaron Jones was somebody you might be looking to move. Mm-hmm. And I think he's still he's still fine this year. But you're going to kind of be stuck with them. And then when we talk about offseason values and startups, we're going to see him slip. If Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback, I could see him going down to like running back 20 territory. I, yeah. I, I really think that. So 
it's an interesting situation again. I, I, I don't know. Like you said, Mitch, from our perspective, Jordan Love looked fine. Yeah. Like we didn't, you know, it was against the Kansas City defense who hasn't exactly been strong for the most part, but you know, they play, they've been playing, they've been showing little flashes in the last couple of weeks, the Kansas City defense. And I thought they covered tight, like Honey Badger is kind of the key to it there, man. He, he, Gave Devontae Adams some work there. But if you look at like middle tier fantasy quarterbacks moving forward, like maybe a Tua and a Baker, kind of those guys that are going to hang around, it's uh, be middle of the tier. And if, if Sammy Dar- Darnold's the bottom of the barrel and out of a job, I kind of see Jordan Love in between that, which isn't yeah. really good for fantasy football. Like I don't want worse than Tua, worse than Baker. No, I Can completely you, agree. Would you guys have any interest in moving like a, a Jared Goff? for Jordan yes. Love Plus if you could get a little something yeah Teddy Bridgewater for Jordan Love Plus again there's a lot of nuance in, in yeah I, those ones are so <clears throat> team depending that it's hard but if I'm seeking purely off dynasty value yeah I would do that what about straight up Jordan Love or Jameis Winston Jordan Love I don't think Winston starts next year I'd be concerned about that too so Dan you're on board there if you had Winston right now you would do a swap yeah. for Jordan Love and I'm like Right, <laughs> running for the hills. If I have either of them, get me off both. You JB. better be your quarterback three. If he's your quarterback two going into the season, just go trade for picks because you're not going to compete. Yeah. No, no, no. Again, these are just just trying to gauge yeah, value yeah. here. They can't all be elite, elite players, right? You know? But so talk about Aaron Jones, though, someone who's a really good running back. So I look at him now. He is the best version of. Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, you know, those kind of backs to where we could trust them for this year. Very, very slight hope they're involved next year, where I think Aaron Jones is still going to be, you know, a back next year that we could put in our lineups. He's one to where the value is just going to go. And I will not be shocked if by May of next year, Rodgers is on a different team. Devontae Adams is on a different team. We see A.J. Dillon being drafted ahead of Aaron Jones. I will not be shocked at all if that ends up happening. I could see that. I mean, again, we talk about perception and, you know, the expression times perception is reality. Um, You know, so if, if that's the world we live in, we have to adjust based on the market values a little bit. And if we disagree with it, we go out and acquire Aaron Jones, you know, time yeah. after time after time. But a lot of his production, we talk about the touchdown upside and, and red, zone, red zone utilization with players like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That's kind of why Aaron Jones has been so productive and valued the way he is. Now you lose Aaron Rodgers, you're stuck with Jordan Love. And again, maybe it just was, it's, it's a one-game sample size. I'm not going to write I, him off necessarily, but if that limits Aaron Jones' red zone usage because the the volume is coming down there's a legitimate concern there and then you're pushing 27 next year uh you know he'll be what 29 i think going into another contract potentially there's concern there yeah i'd be very cautious not to overpay or or mortgage my future for an aaron jones if i'm betting on green bay it's probably going to be all or nothing next year you're you're either going to do what you can to bring back Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and that offense is going to be fine. Or they move on both of them, 
But Green Bay historically has been a good organization. Yes, they've had Rodgers and Favre. So could we be seeing a little spell where maybe, you know, there's a little bit of a down year or two? But I feel like that organization will find a way to find their franchise quarterback, whether, you know, is there more in Jordan Love or they go in another direction. So I, I wouldn't be like panicking with Aaron Jones. And you're on mute, JP. It wasn't me. I love it. I love it. I never do that. I, I, I never do that. But uh, now I lost my train of thought. One last thing on Jordan Love. Again, I'm not going to write him off because of one game. His value, it's exactly where it was for me prior to the game. You know, there, there's no oh, shift yeah. there. Uh, but from a value perspective, it would be nice to see him get an opportunity at least in 2022 if they do, in fact, move on from Aaron Rodgers. Or should I say if Aaron Rodgers moves on from the Green Bay Packers. Final thoughts. Mitch, I always forget about you, so we're leading off final thoughts hey. tonight with you. What do you got? All right. So I've been thinking about this. I actually think something extremely important, especially when you're in a lot of leagues, is I actually think you could win games without even really trying, just by trying to set the best lineup possible. How many leagues are we in, and how many lineups do we see to where we see a bye week player in there? I made the mistake in a sleeper league this week because I just don't have any sleeper leagues to where I just didn't play the proper lineup because I had someone that was a buy. I caught it halfway through the game. So I was able to flip someone in real quick, but there are so many dynasty lineups that we see that have bi-week players, injured players. And I think if you are just on top of that and you are going into the usage report that John puts in every single week on the discord, it tells you, how the players are going to get used. And so if someone's out, you could go on there and be like, Hey, how is this player going to be used now? And when you see that, it just helps you out so much. I really think this is the best year I've ever had so far, as far as filling out lineups and playing the right players. But you know, even I make a mistake. So I just think there's such an edge in dynasty on just making sure you set your lineup because sadly we all know we're all in the leagues to where you're like, Oh, that guy never sets his lineup, so it's a free win. Yeah, and even people that do set lineups are still people that have checked out, mm -hmm. and we talk about that. And you talk about it, and there's the report on my fantasy league that shows your efficiency, and okay, like you're 96 percent because you're playing the right players, and you're not leaving optimal points on your bench. And I, I you know, not to my own horn, but you mentioned it, the usage report I put together every week for the Patreon. It specifically states hey the, this is your you know where you're lining up uh the the opportunities you have where we're looking at yards per route run targets per route run overall target share the the split in running back market share and how can we look if there is a player out what can we really expect uh we're talking about cornerback matchups we're talking about tight end matchups who has the different uh you know opportunities here and there uh, who who is uh, susceptible to putting up big games with for uh, slot receivers? You know, so there's so much to look at, and I think that's a great way to kind of measure success, not just winning, but as a manager, am I playing in the correct players? And it's really nice to hear, Mitch, that you've you think you have had one of your better seasons, especially you said that you personally utilize that usage report on a weekly basis, so. Yeah, I use it all the time. It has all the info from all the websites in one spot, so it just saves me so much time. And I will say it's the most profitable year I've ever had in DFS, 
And I really think it's because of John's usage report, to be honest with you. And like I told Dan, staying away from the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> well, I'm going to expect a it. cut of your uh, your profits Absolutely there. not going to happen. Nah, I figured. I, I had to try, though. I had to try. All right, Dan, what do you got for our listeners? John's on cloud nine right now. I love it, man. Hey, f- f- wrapping it up here, man. Chris Berman has his three-minute drill. I'm going to give you my 30-second drill here. Things that just caught my coach's eye in the last two weeks since our pod, man. Titans really surprised me. That correlation of NFL football to fantasy football. I was kind of out on the Titans. I am in just the way they are playing, even without Derrick Henry. Um, Deontay Foreman, maybe? Arizona Cardinals impressing. I wish I had a little more conviction in my all the Colt McCoy shares on my bench because I purposely stashed him because Kyler Murray's fragile and he was a very uh, helpful player last week. Bills and Cowboys will bounce back. Jalen Hurts outlet not good. All right, we're talking about Sammy Darnold. I got this feeling we're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts in the future. There, uh, what it's going to be? I don't think it's going to be as a starter in the future. Justin Fields and Mac Jones are growing. I like the progress. Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, not so much, a little bit concerned. And I will give you credit, JB, Monday night, the last thing I scouted, Pat Fryermuth, uh, really had his coming out party, looked really good. And as Justin Fields grows, I know our boy Packy will be happy. So does Darnell Mooney, man. He really flashed. So does Darnell Mooney. And I kind of, you know, this happened last year with all the jerseys I have, and only two of them are up now. <clears throat> but Michael Gallup, injury. Allen Robinson, wasted season. Devontae Adams, drama in Green Bay. Calvin Ridley, the only one that, you know, I have no interest in even joking about, but the off the field uh, mental health concerns. And, you know, but my boy DeAndre Swift, Mitch, your boy DeAndre Swift, hopefully he stays healthy, unscathed, because I'm, I'm my jersey wall is. My jersey wall isn't it doesn't have a good track record right yeah, now, guys. Gallup's back like, this week, buddy. Gallup's back. I know. And hopefully, back hopefully he sticks around. So keep my, him off your uh, wall, my, please. My final thought is if I buy an autographed jersey, look out. It's eh, it's not a great track record. All right. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, please check out our Patreon five bucks a month. The link is in the episode description if you're watching on YouTube or listening to wherever you listen to podcasts. For Mitch Sorensen. Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We will see you not next week, but the following Tuesday at a special time because Coach Dan is now coaching basketball. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every other Tuesday throughout the rest of the season. All right, everybody. We'll catch you later. Have a good one.